You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to daily Minnesota sports entertainment, speculation, therapy, whatever you need from us. We are here for you on Mackie and Judd. Uh, I'm uh, I'm just going to dive into this here with you guys. This is from MLB.com Twins reporter Doe Park. Yeah, it's I don't know. We were asked we were asking for this last week. I don't know if Doe uh, if you if you heard or if it was coincidence. I'd love Carlos Correa on the record to say, hey, what well, you know, you're the team leader, one of the two team leaders. What do you want the Twins to do at the trade deadline? What would make your decision to stay in Minnesota a little easier, maybe in a few months, because you can opt out after one year? And Carlos Carlos Gray was asked that exact. Well, I don't know what the exact phrasing of the question was, but he said, much like when he was in Houston, he said, "quote Good conversations with the Twins front office about the club's needs at the trade deadline." He says they ask for his input, and he brings up players to them who he thinks could help the Twins. I told you guys a couple months ago I had heard that that process was. Definitely ongoing in the early part of June that he was already not in like a contentious way, but offering his thoughts on, hey, we're off to a good start. What are we going to add here? Here are some thoughts, etc. So it sounds like it's a two way street. Quote, they know we know we all know our needs. Correa said, yeah, there's always an expectation that something can be done. It was the same in Houston, especially the last few years. I was very vocal about the things we needed and specific players that can make us a lot better. And the Astros were very aggressive at times at the trade deadline. So there you have it. That's Carlos Correa on the record saying, all right, we know what we need. Let's make something happen here. And maybe you can make his decision to remain a twin an easier one if you are aggressive in the next few days. So, yeah, I don't know if he is going to choose to stay or not, but I think the fact that that you have him makes the entire process very simple as far as you should do something. Uh, Again, in the loss to Milwaukee on Tuesday night, we saw an example of what the Twins need, which is no surprise at this point, starting pitching bullpen help in a big way. And so if you don't do something by Monday or something substantial, like if you just go, go out and get, you know, a Dyson type or something. I think the message it sends is so bad. And and the problem now is, I mean, because of the extra playoff team in each league, so now it's going to be 12 teams total, uh, the prices are going to be huge. The prices are absolutely going to be enormous. But you know what I keep coming back to? I keep coming back to two things that would frustrate me a lot if I played for this team or heck if I worked for this team first thing I keep coming back to is how can a guy who was hired from Cleveland with a specific really assignment of you're good at finding pitching so find pitching have a starting rotation that when you go through it right now uh Joe Ryan nice young pitcher but he's not yours acquired from you know the Rays 
Dylan Bundy starts last night. It's a disaster because you're asking too much there. It was, it was all, the wind was blowing out. Yeah. The wind was I thought oh, it, was, it, was, it was a little yeah. jet stream. The out airport to hangar was open today. You know, it was no all question. Yeah, about I mean, they it, and they didn't even tell him is the is the roof going to be open, closed? I mean, they don't oh, tell you was, that information. He was so bothered by that. I heard they rushed him back from the All Star break too. He wasn't yeah. supposed to start no. till today, yeah, and I, so I don't blame Dylan Bundy for. I hope he's gone soon. Sunny Gray, you know, not theirs. So, as far as the starting rotation goes, you do not have a good, competent right now starter who you've developed. And the bullpen is worse. The bullpen is absolutely worse. Duran is a great pitcher, and look, he's going to have some problems sometimes. I get that. But you get credit for, I mean, he is a flamethrower. He's what this, this team, going back to Terry Ryan, has been absolutely coveting. But beyond that, you know, you bring in Joe Smith last night. Joe Smith. Joe, how many times does Joe Smith have to say have to show you that the first two months of the season are long gone, and that he is a complete flop? So, so what frustrates me there is why are you always and Dex and I touched on this uh, in our reckless trade speculation Tuesday. Why, Phil, are you always when it comes to the bullpen going to the junkyard to acquire for the most part jalopies, putting yourself in this predicament? <laughs> Like how Jal- what? jalopies they are, they're jalopies. They're, I mean, what does I mean, that even? What is a jalopy? Just a piece mean? of crap car. Just uh, it's got it. It runs, but it don't run well. I think that's a jalopy. But that's <laughs> my point. Is like you need to do something now, in part because you did not sufficiently address either need or have not through different means. And the bullpen thing drives me absolutely crazy. Like we have. A, a huge now backlog of, of cases, right? Where teams with dominant bullpens are successful. And every year you're going to a garage sale to be like, well, we'll fix this guy. Well, guess what? You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. So yes, I think they need to make moves to send a message that there is some thought process here of getting pitching that is right now to me, not even close to being sufficient to getting it to be far more competitive. Did you look up jalopy there? I did, but it was uh, it was an Indian sweet dish. So either I don't know how you spell jalopy, Judd Zolgad. Yeah. Hold on, I'll, but I'll, jalopy. Well, that's jalopy. I don't know what jalopy. Yeah. I don't know. How to, I, I don't know how to how to spell that. But I, I'm but pretty sure it's not. Trust me on jalopy. A jalopy. Just, okay, just, I'll, I'll try. Just all right, Benil, we'll a jalopy. You know. So that's my problem. So okay. So they. I think the conundrum they face here is. You're trying to your your starting rotations kind of thin. Let let's say that we trust Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray enough, right? Those guys have been rock solid starting pitchers. Neither one of them is a Max Scherzer, but like they're both. I think you can trust them in a three game playoff series. Those are two of your starters. It would be really nice to have a third guy in there too, so you can not have to be pulling from the scrap heap or start Chris Archer in a game where you you know you know it's going to be a bullpen game. I've seen some people actually suggest. Listen, if Chris Archer is only going to be trustworthy for, you know, fifteen to eighteen batters, anyways, couldn't he be a guy who throws a little harder in two inning spurts out of the bullpen? He's been a starter his entire career. He's thirty three years old. He'd have to sign off on this. But that those are as you make trades around the deadline and kind of prep this thing for a two month stretch run. Those are questions I would ask. Maybe Chris Archer is better out of the bullpen. I don't know. But then who takes his place in the starting rotation? When does Bailey Ober come back? So you're trying to figure out your starting rotation. Let's go into this random trade idea real quick, because I think it 
<clears throat> it kind of fits. I think we should, un- until the Twins do something or until the deadline, maybe we should just spend the rest of the week pulling in random trade ideas. Declan found this from MLB.com. Seven trades contenders need to make. And number five on the list is the Twins calling in bullpen backup help. Here's the proposed deal. I'm going to warn you, the sticker price here is a little shocking. But this is what's going to have to happen. If you want to either bolster your starting rotation with a guy that is a playoff caliber starter, or you want to make your bullpen better, not just in the fifth, sixth innings, but you want guys that can be slotted right in behind Duran, right? You're going to have to pay something to get something. Mm -hmm. And so the MLB.com proposed deal is the Twins would call the Chicago Cubs, and they would acquire veteran right-handed reliever David Robertson and... Not young, because this other guy is 28 years old, but fairly inexperienced, but lights out this season reliever, Scott Efros. And you would trade Spencer Steer, who's an infielder. He's now your seventh best prospect. Matt Walner, who's now your eighth best prospect. He's, He's an outfielder. And those two guys are just lights out, tearing the cover off the ball this season. And then you would trade two right-handed pitchers, Cole Sands, who's 14th on your prospect list, and Blaine Enlow, who's 17th. So you would trade two top 10 prospects and then two more top 15-ish, 17-ish prospects for two relievers. And I think David Robertson, who most people remember from the Yankees and the White Sox, he was a yeah. really good closer for like three or four years. He's now 37 years old, and he's coming off multiple injury and non-productive seasons, but he has a 1.83 earned run average this year, 11 strikeouts per nine. He's basically gone back to the old David Robertson. He is a free agent after the year, so you'd be renting him for two months. The other guy is um, Scott Efros, who I'm not going to pretend to have like seen pitch at all because he plays for the Cubs, and he just was called up last year for the first time. But he leads the major leagues in uh, appearances this year, He has a 2.72 earned run average, a 2.03 FIP, which is essentially your expected ERA based on the things you can control, and almost 11 strikeouts per nine innings in kind of a setup role for the Cubs. He's under team control through 2027, Mm -hmm. so you would have him in your bullpen. He's 28 years old, so he's not very young. But, like, you'd have a -a rent-a-reliever. And David Robertson, and then Scott F. Ross, who could just be in your bullpen for a number of years. But you'd give up four of your top 20 prospects to make that happen, and you wouldn't be adding a starting pitcher. What do you guys think? I would do it. Uh, I I think you have to do this trade. Uh, Two reasons. Number one, I just think the way the Twins are constructing their pitching staff is they... it, It doesn't matter, really, if it's Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan or Dylan Bundy. They will be yanked by the third time through the order. They just will. So the, the way baseball is trending right now is having more super bullpens. The Brewers now legitimately have a good, have a pretty good starting rotation, but Craig Council started doing this like three, four years ago when they made a run against the Dodgers in the NLCS where he was like pulling their starters after three innings or even doing bullpen games, putting Josh Hader in the fifth inning because it was a high leverage situation in the middle of the lineup. You need legitimate bullpen arms. And David Robertson, yeah, 37 years old, at one point was one of the best setup men in baseball uh, with the Yankees and the White Sox. It's bounced back, and honestly, he's been great. His fastball still is lively. Um, his whiff rate is still pretty good. Scott Efros, though, is probably the, the main key here, though, because if, if you're trading m- numerous prospects for a rental 37-year-old reliever, like, I'm out on that idea. But Efros, actually, has been pretty damn good, too. Um, his control grade is great. Uh, his chase rate is great. He gets a lot of outs. He's a side armor. He throws a sinker. 
Uh, doesn't really throw much fastballs. He's kind of a junk ball thrower, but he's hard to hit. So if you can improve your pitching staff by doing this, you have to do it. And if you also aren't giving up top five, a top five prospect with this, well, I, I think it makes sense. I, I, I think this is the price you're going to have to pay to improve your pitching staff, and I would do this straight. I think it makes a lot of sense to do it. So the sticker shock, to your point, Phil, is enormous. Like, like this price seems absolutely huge to pay, but that being said, it's also because of timing. It's also because there's extra playoff teams now. And it's, you know, you basically were trying to cut corners on your bullpen previously, and so there's a price to pay. Uh, if you want to prove you're serious, I think you need to do that trade and I think you need to get a starter. And it's probably not going to be a top-line guy, but it needs to be an improvement. Um, you, My issue is this. If this goes, if in the first round, let's say, God willing, you win a game. Oh, my God, the 18-game oh. streak is over. The is it, wor- is it worth giving is up done. four top 20 prospects for one playoff win, yes. but you still lose the series it's two games the most- to one? Yes. It's one of the most embarrassing. It's, it's one of the not. most embarrassing yes. streaks in sports. But the point is this: if you want to seriously compete, and your answer from the Twins might be, "Now nah, we really don't care." But if you want to compete, you do this trade, and then you turn around and get a starter too. Because I agree, Joe Ryan probably starts game two. Sonny Gray, in my opinion, probably starts game one. But let's say it goes three. Who starts game three? And are you really going to get to game three and be like, "We're sending Arch out there"? Okay, how's that going to work? Oh, we got Arch going, and then we're gonna, and then you're gonna bring in your bullpen, and so anyway, my point is, if you want to seriously be competitive in a playoff field, I think that you also need to do a trade for a starting pitcher as well. It and look, the reality of that statement is, it might be a Jose Quintana, it might be a guy like that. That's, um, that's probably likely. So he's with the Pirates now. That's the type of likely trade. Like, like they are not. I don't. I think that they are positively because of th- their lack of true top end prospect types. I think they're out on those top two pitchers, Montas, who by the way scares me too. He's had shoulder problems. Okay, mm-hmm. so like that's tempting fate there. Um, and and I, I believe Castillo of the Reds is going to bring back way too big of haul potentially from a team like the Yankees. So. It, this depends on what their what their decision is. But what Correa is saying, I think, is incredibly fair. And what he's been saying, according to you, be, behind the scenes the entire time, is incredibly fair, which is basically this. Whether I return or not, I gifted you me. I gifted you me. And I am a phenomenal player. And he is. And watching him on a daily basis has been a joy. Um, so I don't blame him one bit for saying, take advantage of having me, Carlos Correa, here. Uh, I saw Dan uh, Dan Hayes from the Athletic reported at some point in the last couple of days too that so Luis Castillo is the the Reds lights out number one starting pitcher right, and then they also have twenty seven year old Tyler Molly, who's been good for them the last few years, and he reported the Twins actually like Molly. He's a right handed starting pitcher, and he has I. Th- think one more year of team control yeah. after this year. So you get him for a year and a half mm-hmm. that they like him better, which I don't, I, he, I don't know that I agree with that. I don't, I don't think he's on the same level, but that's another one to watch here going into the next week or so. If, if everyone is fixated on Luis Castillo, who is one of the best starting pitchers in the national league that could, you know, could the twins come in and, uh, 
and swoop in for the number two starter with the Reds. So that's another name. I'm kind of with you guys. I, I don't think I don't think they've got the the prospect clout to land one of these top two starting pitchers. I think the Yankees might get one of them as they look to bolster a World yeah. Series run for the first time since 2009. Yep. And so who's on that second tier? And, you know, I just don't know if if you wind up with a couple right-handed relievers that are kind of, you know, you slot them into the seventh, eighth inning area, and then you wind up with a number three starter, does that move the needle enough? And you're probably going to have to give up three or four of your top 15 prospects to make that happen. Does that move the needle enough this year? Or does it need to be more? But I don't know what other choice you have. That's I feel exactly like you, you have to try. You, yeah. you almost have to just do it and cross your fingers, right? And what frustrates me, though, is, and, and you know, Falvey took this job in October of 2016, so it's been a long time. What frustrates me is this, especially the bullpen really gets me, which is you've been cutting corners thinking that you could outsmart the system for how long now? And it doesn't work. It's not working. Like Declan said, these lights-out bullpens aren't new. Kansas City had one, what, 2015, Mm -hmm. 2014? Mm -hmm. Like, like it's very clear what the formula is, and you're not going to work around that by saying, yeah, but we we saw a small flaw in Joe Smith, and he's only 74. We'll fix him. (laughs) Like, you're not going to fix that. And and, and I think that it's incredibly frustrating because, you know what, if you needed one starter, like let's say your bullpen was good and you were short, I'd be like, okay, that's not great, but lots of teams have that problem. Um, but you are going to have to do some serious surgical repair if you want to compete on both ends of your pitching. And and at least the bullpen to me is because you're convinced that you can work around a system that it's been proven you probably can't. You need arm. I mean, Duran, right? He is the poster child for what you need, that type of guy. Um, I don't understand how you watch him, Phil, and then come back and say, oh, but around him? The Duffinator's back. The, duff, the, well, duff, the, 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 the Duffinator's back. The kiss of death was, was laid on from Smalley yesterday on Duffy after being great for the last oh, two months God. and then was Tyler Duffy from the first month of the season last night. I thought what? the pitching coach made a great appearance last night, yeah, too. Yeah, Phil Mackey. There's a, a very, well, a very well-timed... Mackey, I'm out of the mound. <laughs> Poor Pete looks way, way more consistently concerned about life than Phil does. Pete doesn't look good. Like Wes was a spitball little guy, right? He jumped. I don't out think to... Pete Pete didn't sign up to be the major league <laughs> pitching don't... coach. You know, he was gonna just kind of slide in there as a, an underling, and now it's all right, guy. This is a playoff run, and it's all on your plate now. I just hmm. like the, the the fact that our guy Roy has now anointed Phil Mackey Twins pitching coach. I love it. Well, Roy was a one of our favorite guests for years Great and years guy. on our old radio show, so I can see why uh, I would still be top of mind when thinking about <laughs> Great baseball. The minds. humbleness of Phil Mackey yeah. is very impressive. <laughs> um, hey, Judd, is uh, is your dog Stella in the Hold area on. here? Can you grab her for a second? Got to talk to Stella because Maya Mackey, my little three year old Chihuahua Terrier mix, loves her Nutrisource chicken and rice food. I mean, if you're watching on YouTube right now, look at how happy she is. This is a slow motion video of her up on her two back legs. As I walk over slowly with a half cup of Nutrisource chicken and rice food, third generation family owned, operating out of Purim, Minnesota. Go to NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a retailer oh, near you. And oh, oh Judd has the I goods. Okay. I've got the goods. 
Find someone that looks at you the way Stella now, looks look at, at those Nutrisource okay. treats. Oh. Look at these things. This thing is a bag of goodness. Now watch this. Sellies, now just be calm here. Oh, and my I'm gosh. I'm going to get you. Judd I'm puts going, a handful in his own mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to. I'm going to feed you a few of these treats, and it's going to be absolutely Who's a good girl? Can Judd open the bag? It's Judd Proof. Look how patient she is. He's like, Dad, it's not that hard to open the bag. Come on, Daddy. Why can I not get the bag open? Here's the bag. Now watch this. Now watch this. Look at this. Now, Stelly's. Oh, look at such a good look girl. Look at that, huh? huh? Nutra-source not... treats, oh. pet foods, the official pet food and treats yes. of the Mackie and Judd pups. Nutrisourcepetfoods.com to find a retailer near you. will go happy. It's the Nutrisource dance. She's doing the Nutrisource dance. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> Everyone. Oh, Father-daughter dance. Also, good. a shout-out to our friends. Thank you, Stella. Oh, who's a good girl? Loving those treats. A shout-out to our friends also at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, the, the annual Federated Challenge just happened this week, and uh, with all of the different partners and luminaries around the Twin Cities, $4 million raised, $4 million raised for Big Brothers Big Sisters. So if you're interested in finding out more about how you can get involved helping children facing adversity, federatedchallenge.org is the place to go. Uh, I want to see Judd put a handful of those Nutrisource treats in his, they, his mouth. They actually they smell good. Now, I'm not going to do, do it. I'm not going to lie. But they smell good. Training Check treats can be used for, uh, for daddy as well, I think is what we're finding out. All right, I have, before we get to write that down predictions today, I do have a just another question for you guys. Miguel Sano came back to the lineup last night. He did. He, he flew out to the warning track, and then I believe he struck out. I wasn't glued to the game last night. And then they pulled him from the game for a pinch hitter, who also happens to be the American League batting champion as of right now. So my question to you is, can we make some ground rules for Miguel Sano's return to the Twins? And ground rule number one being... At no point whatsoever, <laughs> even against a left-handed starting pitcher, should he ever replace Luis Arise in the starting lineup? Ever. And I know that Luis Arise is struggling against... It's, it's weird because he's the best hitter in baseball right? from an average perspective, but it's yeah. almost all against right-handed pitching. But I still don't ever want to see Miguel Sano replace Luis Arise in the starting lineup. Rule number one. I agree completely, and here's the problem that I, I saw. And, again, this is where the Twins don't get it. I understand it's Miguel, and I understand he was a prospect for a long time, and he was an all-star at one point, and I understand everything. There, There's a certain baggage that goes along with him and, and his name that is far more um, cumbersome than the majority of baseball players. That being said, Phil, the more I look at this entire thing, it makes no sense because he's here. If he's here, he needs to play. But you just said it. Where is he going to, to play? I mean, Miranda is playing great. In fact, I would tell Miguel, watch Miranda. Watch that guy's approach. And that's what you could have been. But you're not going to be. And I'm going to come back to this. And I, I uh, ranted to Dex about the same thing on Tuesday. Gilberto Celestino is not great at the plate, but he is your most competent center field backup to a guy whose knee can flare up at any point and who you don't want to play a ton. And right now, you're basically saying, we'll just get by with Nick Gordon. Um, there is no, the more I've examined this, 
and I understand that this is an inflammatory statement to a certain point. There is no room for patience, and Snow is all about uh, patience. If his contract was not up, I would say this is really tough because, you know, it's going to be back next, but he's not going to be back. And you have to win now. And you have to give yourself the most, the best chance to win in a smart way. And saying, well, occasionally he might get, or he might get hot, or he's going to hit some long home runs. I would have DFA'd him immediately. Because you know what? By Tuesday, you're not going to get a bag of balls. And he doesn't fit what you're trying to do. If you were yeah. in last place, I'd say give him a ton of bats. Let's see. Let's, let's play ball with him. But there is clearly, and, and I mean, he deserved to be pinch hit for last night. But when you have to do that, there is clearly not going to be enough sufficient at-bats. Give me the defensive center field replacement for the guy with the bad knee who I am certainly not going to screw with. And I told Dex this, too. You cannot now say, well, we're going to play Buxton in the field a bit more. You've gone down this path of telling us why you're not, and we've agreed to it. Like I'm like, okay, I get it. Don't love it. Get it totally. And now you're going to like try and create at-bats? For this guy who is a strikeout machine, and by the way, a guy who's not going to be back and his career here is done, you're trying to win a division here. It does feel a little like they're shoehorning him in here, right? And I, yes. and I think, all right, my, I'm just putting out my little spidey sense feels. Rocco Baldelli, I, I wonder what he really thinks about this. Because every time he was asked about Miguel Sano's rehab appearances, hey, he hit a couple bombs last night in St. Paul. Oh, look at that. Oh, a couple hits over here, and... And he kind of he he's certainly had no enthusiasm in his responses to the way Sano was performing on the rehab stints, yep. and and he even kind of said, "Listen, like I'm we're not I'm not even." He said, "I'm not even really following the the games or the, I haven't looked at the stats. We'll just we'll, we'll make a decision when it's time." He wasn't enthusiastically pining for Miguel Sano to be back in the lineup, but it'll be really nice to have a thumper like that back in, right? That's the, like most managers talk about those types of players differently than the way he was, right? Oh, man, yeah, we're really excited. He probably just needs a couple more games, but we're really excited yeah. to see what he can add to this lineup and give us a boost down the stretch. That's not how Rocco was talking about this. And then Sano gets back in, and I, I get that a lot of Rocco's decisions are driven by the front office, and so I'm sure it was suggested that, hey, as you're constructing your lineup against the Brewers, Luis Arise is hitting about 215 off lefties and 370 off righties, so... Why don't we give Luis a little breather, even though he had a day off yesterday and a day off on Friday and the entire you know, two days you know, between the All-Star break and coming back. So if you're Rocco and someone says he has to be on your roster, he has to be in your lineup, but now it's up to you how you want to manage that. He bats him ninth and yep. pulls him after two at-bats. Right. So that's I, thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know that. Ro I don't know that Rocco is well, in love with this. I guess is what I'm. I don't have any information. I'm just floating it out there. But I mean, yeah. And and if you had had if if Sano splits for like the last two years had had been like, look against Southpaws, this guy is phenomenal. I'd be like, oh, okay. But they're not. So against like, lefties, he's two for twenty three this year, which is a small sample size, but. Last year, yeah. he against lefties, his OPS was right around 700, which isn't a t well, it's it's bad. <laughs> it's right. Not he right. batted 230 off lefties last year in a slugging percentage of 364. So he was he was not very good against. He had put it this way, nine extra base hits in 174 trips against lefties last season. So he has and not so, been good against lefties. 
Here's my question to the Twins as a whole when it comes to this. What's your point? What are you doing? What are you trying to do? Well, they're hoping he can get and, – and I listen, I'm actually – this is where I disagree I with you. I'm curious to see if he can go on one of those custom – those or those uh, those famous three-week Miguel Sano hot stretches where he slugs a 1,000 for mm-hmm. you know a, a two-week home and road stand or whatever. Like, Can he yeah. carry this offense for three weeks and give you a few extra wins? That's what they're trying to do. And, he can, and, and I, he's shown he can do that at least once a year. And I love that thought, but then the comeback is this. You have to play him a lot. Like, you can't be they like, might. They might. dude, we're going to spot you. But they, but they, and I think rightfully so, took him out. Look, last night, when when Milwaukee brought in a right-handed pitcher, they rightfully so took him out. But he's, he's better be, against righties. That's the weird thing. Well, and he, But he's going to be a but, spot But Arise player. is even better against but righties. Like, yet the problem is this. The Twins, the Twins want the system to work the way that they want without thought to how it's really going to work. And so you need to play him. Now, I think Rocco, it's pretty clear, right? His comeback is, I can't really afford to. I'm trying to win baseball games right now. I mean, no matter what Arise does in his splits, he brings a level of a professional player to the field that Miguel Sano does not. He puts the ball in play. He might ground out, but the ball's in play. And, and Phil, as you've pointed out a thousand times, there are huge advantages to the ball being in play. Mm-hmm. Um the problem that the Sano thing brings up is this. You are sending a message of patience when you can't afford that. I guarantee you, Carlos Correa would say, what are we doing here? Has he earned, I think this is this is going to sound stupid, but I'll say it anyways. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that he's earned the right to just come back and replace Luis Arise in the starting lineup. No. That's, what kind of, that's what kind of bothered me Declan, yesterday. I, I agree completely with that. No, and look... With him coming back and using Celestino, and you now have a you know worse backup option in Nick Gordon. No matter what, if Bucks is not playing center field, you're, you're going to be downgraded at at that position. So no, no matter no matter if it's Celestino or Nick Gordon, you are going to lose some type of value at center field. That's just the fact. But if Miguel Sano is going to replace someone like Luisa Rice, who by the way is hitting like this is unheard of, he's hitting like three thirty on a one two count this year. When it's 1-2 against you as a hitter, you are mostly automatically out. Like There is a small yeah. chance of you getting a hit, and this dude can work a count and still find a way to fight off pitches and find a, find a base hit here and there. If it's 1-2 on Miguel Sano, game over, dude. Like That dude's going to strike out every time. I think this is his final act. I, I don't believe they're going to get anything for him at the trade deadline unless they just basically give him away. I think these are the last two months of Miguel Sano, and then they'll buy him out of that option uh, when it's the offseason. I think this is the last stanza, basically, of Miguel Sano's career. Yeah, uh, I actually have a Sano prediction in write that down oh, today. So, okay. to so do I. Stay tuned I for that. Oh, Judd's got one too. I have a Miguel Sano prediction okay. too. Okay. So, all right, uh, Mackie and Judd here, and we're going to collect ourselves for a brief moment before we dive into our weekly accountability session and write that down predictions while Judd plows a bag of Nutrisource training treats. <laughs> Uh, yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Yep, we are the only show in America... With grapefruits large enough to actually put statistics next to our predictions. 
and put our reputations and careers on the line. When are you going to admit that you were wrong, Judd? Every Wednesday I do it twice, and it's it's painful at times, but you know what? It's the price of the fame that we've achieved. It really is. Yes, it's the it's 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 the it's costly not being able to go out to the St. Louis Park Cub Foods anymore in public without it's impossible closing yeah. it down. But you know, thankfully, uh, this audience has helped us thrive in life. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, this is write that down. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And listeners, if you guys want to participate, like Matt is about to, you can send us a message through the Score North app, and we'll get you all registered so before we dive into where we were right and wrong and our predictions for the week here a shout out to our friends at equity partners so equity partners believe that the house selling process should be a lot more hassle-free than it usually is and uh, with their we have program so here's the things that you get when you work with equity partners they will partner with you to fix up your home before you put it on the market so Anything from simple fixes to a total remodel, anything that helps you get the most value out of your home, they are here to help you with. And then from there, and this might be the biggest benefit, you can move before you sell. So you don't have to line up. The, you don't have to worry about contingencies and the timing, which would be kind of a pain. Find out more at equitypartnersmn.com. All right. Let's get into the accountability session here, and then we'll get to our predictions. Let's do it. We'll start with Judd. Judd, you said Miguel Sano will hit no fewer than three home runs in his rehab start with the Saints. He hit exactly three home runs. Including one his last uh, game. Yep, so you had a little buzzer beater there from old Miguel Sano. Nice work. All right, I had three things come off the board here. I said Ricky Fowler will finish top five at the 3M Open. He made the cut, but he was pretty bad. I said Miguel Sano will hit a home run in his first game back with the Twins. He almost did. A little warning track power, but no. Didn't happen. However, I told you guys, Byron Buxton will homer in his first game after the All-Star break. My first, just so you guys know, my first iteration of this prediction, and I I, I decided to broaden it to what it it wound up being, is I wanted to say he'll homer in his first at-bat after the all-star break. But I thought if I say his first game, it's still a home run. Right. So it's a home run here, but I I just want you to know that like, I almost went a step further, which also would have been correct. I didn't have the, the guts to do it though. So a little, little dinger there for old Macadac. All right. The listeners little dinger of their own here. I think Seth predicted in 2021 and 2022, a player from a Minnesota high school will be a top five pick in the NBA draft. And so we had Jalen Suggs in 2021 and then Chet Holmgren in 2022. And the fact that he made that prediction two years ago, I think, yeah, those guys were projected to be pretty good, but it had to play out that way. Yeah. And Chet Holmgren had to play well at Gonzaga. And Absolutely. So there you have it. Nice little round chipper for Seth. All right, Declan, you said the Twins will make a trade in the last week at some point before this week's write that down. Yeah. They have not yet. And then you did a lot of home runs being hit here. A lot of, are, are the are the baseballs juiced here and write that down? Maybe. You said at least five different players will record eights or worse on the par five 18th at the 3M Open over the weekend. And uh, you stopped counting at five. So I don't even know how many it was, but <laughs> damn, that's a par five for PGA professionals. And it was so difficult that multiple players recorded triple bogey or worse. So there you have it. 
Oof. Nice job, Declan. Thanks, man. Saw so Scott Piercy meltdown on the back nine oh, for a yeah. Tony Finau victory. So here's where it is. Declan still leads both categories here. 494 batting average and 13 home runs. Judd's at 371 with seven home runs. I'm at 293 with eight home runs. Listeners at 287 with 10 home runs on the season. All time, Judd leads with 233 career hits, and the listeners lead with 29 career home runs. So there you have it. There is your accountability session for the week where we actually hold each other to the fire for being wrong. Let's get Matt in here. He's our guest listener predictor on Write That Down. Matt, what's going on, man? When did you first become a Minnesota sports fan? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. I'd say probably the early 2000s with the Minnesota Twins. You know, like the 03, 04 teams. Uh, you had, like, Mikheyevich, Guzman, Rivas, all those guys. Like, I remember the runs that they made. Those were kind of, like, really, uh, like, important times for me coming into Minnesota sports. And then, you know, obviously Randy Moss and Kevin Garnett also icons. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fans, and I, I was a little earlier than that. I started getting into the Twins more like after 1991, but there's a lot of fans that got into the Twins in the early 2000s, and they've seen two playoff game victories in 20-plus years. So maybe they yeah. can they can break that. Um, all right, we're going to start with Matt here. Over to Judd, Declan, and then background. We'll take three trips around the room. Matt, you're the leadoff hitter, man. What's your first prediction? All right, so this first one, uh, write that down. It's going to be a Twins prediction here. You don't have to let me know if you think it's a home run or not. I don't think it is. But uh, Byron Buxton will have at least 30 home runs by the end of August. So I know he hit one last night. I saw that. Um, so I kind of thought about maybe 20 with that number, but I think 30 is a good number for the end of August. I don't think it's a home run prediction because he's, he's pacing for it, but it's yeah. good. If you want to make it a home run prediction, you could up it to like – I think 35 would be fair because he'd have to hit like 10 in a month. It's up yeah. to you. If you want to leave it, you can leave it. It's cool. I think we'll just uh, we'll leave it. We'll go with 30. All right. All right. Over to Judd. All right. My, as promised, next Miguel Sano prediction is this. Sano will hit at least two home runs and strike out six times by next week's write that down. And I brought it down from eight to six because I don't, I'm not confident he's going to play a ton. So if I thought he was going to play a lot, I'd say 10 times, but I'm not. So at least two home runs and at least six strikeouts by next week's write that down. Okay. No. I, I had kind of a similar one. I might have to might have to tweak it now, but we'll go over to Declan here. All right. Write this down. All right. My uh, first one, I'll try this one again. Uh, the Twins will acquire at least two new pitchers to their 26-man roster by next week's write that down. So the trade deadline is next Tuesday. At least yep. two new pitchers will be acquired, and they'll be on the active roster by next week's Write That Down. That has to be the, the absolute bare minimum requirement for the yeah. Twins, right? Yeah. If they, I think it's more like three. Right. That's why I want to, to, at least. to really give your team a, a boost. But, okay, write this down. We'll stay on these Twins predictions. I, I actually need your guys' help. What would I have to predict? I want I, I want my prediction to be Miguel Sano will have blank extra base hits between now and next week's write that down. What does that blank have to be for it to be a home run prediction? Five. Five. That's probably okay. Fair. So like one a game maybe. Yeah. yeah. Five. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say I, th- I think he's going to get hot. I legitimately think he's going to get hot. So 
I'll say that he'll have at least five. Well, and do they play? They probably play next Wednesday. So I'm, I want to give myself that game too. So he'll have at least five X. No, screw it. He'll have at least five <laughs> extra base week, hits. Yeah, you do it by next week's. Write that down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now that I've said that out loud, I don't know if I have faith in it, but I do think he's going to get hot at some point. I don't think he just. I don't think his career just ends with the Twins without some sort of home run barrage. So, all right, back to Matt. Your second prediction. All right, so. I wanted to make a wild prediction here, and I was having a, a little bit of trouble scraping the barrel for what free agents were available right now that I knew or thought that they might go after. So I'm, I'm going to say, write this down. The Wild will acquire at least one of these five players. Phil Kessel, Nino Niederreiter, Eric Howla, JT Miller, or John Klinberg. By what deadline are you looking at? Uh, I'm thinking start of the season. Okay. Did Nino just sign? Nino signed. Uh, did he? Okay. And Hala got traded. traded. I mean, the, the dude doubles. gets traded every five seconds, it yeah. feels like. I wanted to have some fun with it because they're former wild players. Yeah. So maybe hey, they, there's a chance they could come back. So. Let's. Can we extend it out to the trade deadline? Do you want to do that? Yeah, we can do that. Is okay. That a, you guys think that's a home run? So you guys would have to call that one. Well, it's five players, so you have a good amount. Um, but yeah, I, I you know what? Why not? Yeah, I think that's a home run. It's pretty specific, yeah, it's and a couple specific. of those guys are seem to be tied in. So yep. okay, we'll say by the trade deadline here to give you a little bit more leeway here, Judd. All right, Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan will start the first two games of the Twins' opening round playoff series. So I'm just going with they're going. This is a parlay. This is a parlay. Yep. And I'm going with they are going to obviously win the uh, Central Division, make the playoffs. So I am just predicting this flat out. Everything happens. And Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan start the first two games. The only thing I will say is I think Gray starts game one, but that part off the record. Got it. So it's just those two in some order start games one and two of the best three series. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So it's, it's it's kind of a, it's a twins will make the playoffs parlay. It's twins won't add a big time starting pitcher at the deadline parlays. Yes. A lot of sort of sub parlay. It's a home run. It takes a lot of guts to do what I do. It does. It really does. (laughs) Okay. um, My second prediction, Uh, I'm going to hedge a little bit here and, and this actually, so the twins could be technically aggressive enough and this can still happen. So write this down. Carlos Correa will rip the twins for not being aggressive enough by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. So dude. they they could technically still get like two relievers and that still might not suffice to Carlos. So I'm going to put this by the end of the year so at some point in the off season, Carlos Correa is going to rip the twins for not being aggressive enough during the course of the 2022 season. And off the record, do you think it'll be an aggressive ripping, or do you think it'll be kind of a passive-aggressive comment that he makes to a reporter that that asks him a question? I think it'll, he'll be it'll... pretty frontal, dude. Like the guy, the okay. guy doesn't mince words. Um, I, I think he'll just he'll pretty much say it point blank that they weren't aggressive enough. He's he's pretty frontal he, like that. And if that happens, he'll probably be right. And I'm predicting uh, off Declan's prediction, Ken Rosenthal, Kenny? Okay. is the author. Is the guy Kenny? Yes, it'll a be a, like a, a national guy. I'll come in. A national and, guy, and he'll and and he'll get comfortable because he likes that person, and the gloves come off. I love. I like it. the prediction, though. It's a good prediction. I love it. Could Scott Boris maybe make a comment? Just say, you know, it was really really disappointing that the Twins didn't 
didn't do more for my client. Does he usually do that? Like, yeah. like he rips he rips teams on behalf of his clients. I don't know if he'll. I don't know uh, if he would rip the team. He also, you know, he wants I mean, to keep a, a relationship. relationship. He's got twins. Royce Lewis yeah. and stuff. Although maybe he doesn't give a rip about that because Royce Lewis is just going to hit free agency in six years, anyways, right? Maybe Boris doesn't care. I don't know. Anyhow, all right. Uh, my second prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a one upper here. I'm gonna one up Declan and say the Twins will add at least three pitchers before the trade deadline. That's what I think the bare minimum should be. So they will add at least three pitchers. Is that a home run if they add three pitchers or more? Damn, it's damn close. Like I, that's a lot. I don't see them doing it. So okay. I'd say and, yes. And yeah. By, and, and they're adding three pitchers. There. How about to their 26-man roster? Because like if they yes, add some guy yes. that goes the mile, like that, that. Oh, no. No yep. slappies. Yep. yep. Three, three. Slappies are out. Major league roster pitchers. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Or more. Yeah. If yep. they add, oh, right. if they, if maybe they add seven, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking, but it'll all play out here. Okay, Matt, your third and final prediction, sir. All right. So for my last prediction, I got to go with the Vikings on this one. Uh, write this down: Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith will combine for at least playing in twenty-eight games, Ooh. twenty-two sacks, mm. and one Pro Bowl appearance. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think yeah, the, the the this is definitely a home run here, yeah, just with probably. how injured those guys have been. So it's health, it's productivity, it's voting. So I like it. If those guys play a combined twenty eight games, it's on defensively. Oh, yeah. Yep, it is definitely on. So well, Matt, great work on your first ever appearance on Write That Down. Since you have this life changing platform right now here. These 15 minutes of fame, uh, if you will. Is there anyone in your life you would like to thank that brought you to this pinnacle moment? Uh, probably like my grandparents, my grandpa, and my uncle. They got me kind of into the uh, the Vikings and the Wild and the Twins. And then uh, I'd have to give a shout-out to my wife, too. You know, she puts up with all my antics on on Sundays and during playoff season, you know. So, you know, shout-out to them for getting me into Minnesota sports. So. Love it, man. All right, great work, Matt. We'll definitely get you on again sometime if you'd like, and good luck with your predictions. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Appreciate awesome, it. man. Good stuff there from guest listener, predictor Matt. Well done. Always love getting the, the, the first-time predictors on the show here, get their feet wet. Judd, your third and final prediction is presented by our friends over at Valley Park Medical Clinic. You know, you don't have to be embarrassed, guys, okay? ED is a thing. And if you are in the greater Minneapolis area, Valley Park is the only clinic Minnesota, uh, in Minnesota to use the True Pulse Protocol, which is one of the most effective ED solutions available. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. And the Valley Park Medical Clinic team is highly, highly trained. So you can, you can trust this process. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. Now over to a man who has no performance issues and write that down these past few seasons, Judd, and his third and final prediction. All right. Um, as we, we've been uh, discussing what the Twins might do by the trade deadline on Tuesday, I'm actually going to give you a prediction of the Yankees will obtain Reds right-hander Lewis Castillo by the trade deadline. Oh, they're so going to – wow. So Castillo's the big fish here. Like, he is the main guy. The big fish. Um, and, and, he will, and he will end up with the Bronx Bombers, who okay. have plenty to trade and are 1,000% all in. Yeah. Yankee fan. Yeah. Yankee fan, Judd. 
Making Yankee, making Yankee oh. predictions. Front runner. You just can't wait. Can't wait for ep- episode three of the Captain to oh, come I, out. Actually, I can't. I, I am really. I, excited I binged for that. the first time Sunday it's night. Good. Oh my god, it was great. It's a the, Derek Jeter. The uh, Dude, the, that, the David Wells thing that Phil was talking yes. about. That was awesome. That was so Ooh, we cool. We don't do that here. Yeah. And then and then the scene where he so he beats the Yankees in arbitration for a five million dollar oh, salary and then was it the ESPYS and George Steinbrenner's yeah. up at the podium and like let's 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 also you know, bring up our captain Derek Jeter and Jeter takes the microphone and says you're only doing that because I just beat you in arbitration and in, in straight face. <laughs> the vindictiveness <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, I love that part. He said, "If you, if you, he, he said, loyalty that's a one way street is stupidity." Yeah, and he that's goes, exactly if, right. Too. If you slight me, I can't remember the word he used, but I remember when it happened, what you were wearing when it <laughs> happened. Is my favorite, <laughs> and so how great. I'm gonna rip your heart out. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Who are we on here? Declan. Dex. Third and final prediction for me: uh, a SummerSlam prediction. We got SummerSlam this weekend, Phil, in WWE. So I'm gonna do a little uh, two item parlay. I will say. Both Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair retain their titles at SummerSlam. So I'm pretty confident Liv will. Like if they if Vince McMahon was still running the show, I can guarantee actually that that Ronda Rousey takes the belt right back from Liv Morgan because that's what he would do. I'm actually not as confident in the B- Bianca versus Becky match because it's their first meeting since WrestleMania. Um she's held the title for a long time, but also I feel like they're not going to squash Bianca at SummerSlam two years in a row, just like they did this time last year when, when Becky Lynch came back. Um, and Judd, those are my great SummerSlam takes, and I'm sure you have a lot to add to it. But yeah, Liv Morgan, Bianca Belair retain their titles at SummerSlam this weekend. Judd, what's your hottest SummerSlam take? Mm, let's see here. Um, how they explain the Vince thing and what they do with it. That's my hottest oh, take. I'm curious. That's, a, that's actually a good it. segue here because I have a I have a post SummerSlam prediction Ooh, here right. to wrap up right that down. I, love this. I don't know that this is a home run because this is what should happen, but Triple H, who has now been named head of all creative at WWE, he's taking over for Vince McMahon as the head of creative and talent relations. Triple H will open Monday Night Raw. He will make an appearance in the opening segment of Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam. Now, is it possible they could tease Triple H for like hour three and then I'm wrong? Yes, but I think he's gonna. you're going to hear his music at some point in the opening segment. Time to play the game. I, I'm now, I'm, now I'm tuning in just so I can potentially hear that and get yeah. goosebumps. I think they need him to come out there, set the tone. This is a new era of WWE wrestling. Let's make it happen. So that's my prediction. He will he will appear in the opening segment of Monday like Night it. Raw. I like Monday. it. Time to play the game. They could also just fumble this away. I could see this whole thing just get fumbled, and they do nothing of substance, and I don't know. So there it is. Those are your write-that-down predictions and your accountability session here on Mackie and Judd, the only show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions with statistics, putting our careers on the line every single week. We have started our Vikings training camp coverage as well on a daily basis over on Purple Daily. Judd is out there every single day. We're pumping out the daily episodes. We've got Purple Daily bonus episodes starting next week again with Realistic Randy Rants and Declan, with Before We Die, Jesse Pierce and Thor Nystrom, and maybe a couple other things up our sleeve as well. So uh, if you're not already subscribed to the both the Score North and Purple Daily YouTube channels and podcast feeds. Definitely check those out, and we'll see you guys tomorrow for Reckless Speculation Thursday on Mackie and Judd.